share the word with you. What a privilege it is for us, and we just thank you for that. Um, I know that as others have come, uh, they've expressed to you our thanksgiving for your participation in CP. Your CP is making a difference, and I could tell you hundreds of stories. And I'll only tell, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a couple um, that happened this week. This week is the state fair, and we had people there with a diaper changing station. And so we had many people that came and uh, used our diaper changing station, and sh we shared the gospel with them. And there got to be a slower time, and so two ladies went out, and there was a track they had that had a red dot on it. And they said, if you press the red dot and it turns green, you'll know you're good. The ladies thought, okay, so they pressed, and they pressed, and they pressed, and it didn't turn green. And the ladies said, the reason it didn't turn green is because we're all bad. All of us are sinners. And she, the two ladies had a chance to share the gospel, and three or four others walked up and heard the gospel shared. And one or two of those ladies came to know the Lord. Hallelujah. That's, that's what you do. That's your involvement in the world. In Christian Challenge, uh, in Las Cruces, two of our leaders went out on campus, and they met two ladies, two, and... One's name was Sandra, and the other one's name was Lita. Sandra, as they asked her, gave an incredible testimony of her faith in Jesus. Amazing testimony. And Lita was Hindu. And she said she didn't really, uh, she lived in the moment. And so she talked a lot about what that meant, etc. But she made this comment. After hearing what Sandra said, I need to explore, explore Christianity. Hallelujah. And Sandra agreed to do a Bible study with him. I share that. I could share others, as I said, lots of them, of people that are coming to know the Lord. The Lord is alive and well, and the gospel is still powerful in its message. Well, in the last two months, I heard several preachers David Jeremiah was one, and there were others who talked about the chaos that's going on in our world. And I know all of us have experienced it, but it captured my attention. And for whatever reason, because the Lord had brought several of these into my mind, I began to wonder, what should my response be to the confusion in the world? So, the title of my sermon is, How Does God Use Chaos in our world or chaos in my life and how should I respond we live in a chaotic world these are strange times I heard some medical doctors and politicians and educators and economists and travel experts giving their opinion the interesting thing to me was they had two different opinions medical I listened to one, and he had one opinion. Another one, he had a different opinion. So I thought to myself, what about theologians? I knew that I would not hear about theologians on the news, but I knew I could find what theologians were saying. And so 
I sought that out. They too, I got two different opinions in what was going on and why they were going on. It was amazing. Here's the question. Do you have hope? In the midst of these times, do we have hope? A.W. Tozier, let's put up his. A.W. Tozier said, I'm not sure I can read that. <laughs> I thought I could. In the uncertainty of the, our times, the traffic between faith and unbelief is tragically heavy. As the scriptures um, declared it would be. But we may be encouraged our hearts with the knowledge that the traffic does not always move one in one direction of unbelief. Sometimes it moves in the direction toward faith. In these chaotic times, people are coming to know the Lord. It is amazing. My definition of chaos would be uh, difficulty, confusion, war, sickness, trouble, crime, persecution, injustice, the stock market. If you saw the stock market this last week, there's confusion in the stock market. The price of groceries, gases, gas prices, etc. I think sometimes it's come up because of other things that uh, we hear on the news. Immigration, drugs, Roe v. Wade, all those sorts of things. Bottom line is, we need to know where we stand. I have found in my own life, there are times when I would say, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Or sometimes I would say, the timing isn't good for me for this, Lord. Maybe another time would be better. Bottom line is, we need to realize that chaos sometimes is a good thing. There's chaos and excitement and faith and encouragement at a wedding. There's chaos with a new baby. There's chaos with a new baby. <laughs> we all know that have had children. It doesn't seem to be that kind of chaos we're talking about. The question is, do you have hope? This isn't new. What's going on is not new. The Bible is full of chaos. We need to know how to navigate this chaos. Ultimately, it is God and his word that teaches us. It is his situation and his plan that's involved. We see this in a great passage in Habakkuk. Let's see if I can read it from here. Let me see. There's no way I can read that from here. <laughs> Be patient with me. <laughs> How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you. Violence but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict. God's and, 
uh, conflict abounds. Do you ever have that question in your life? I have had that question in my life. The two questions that he's asking is how long and why? And we ask that in our life. And then there's this incredible verse 5, which says, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. This is a scripture that has a long history in it, and I'm not going to go into it. But we've got to understand, God has a plan, and his plan will amaze us. There's reasons for hope. There's reason to believe in him. We must remember that hope never means an uncertain optimism, but rather it means a sure and confident expectation. We believe in God. We trust God. It has got, we've got to depend on him. Could it be in our lives when we're going through chaos that uh, something unforeseen is occurring before our very eyes? Is it in a Pollyanna kind of a deal? The bottom line is I am, I am waiting to see how God is going to bring people to a saving knowledge of himself. I shared two stories. I could have shared 25 from this week that I've heard. That's not all of them. I mean, they're happening all over the world. IMB is telling us Muslims are coming to know the Lord all over the world because they don't find what they, the hope they need in, Mus in the Muslim religion. So God is having an impact. Let me give you an example out of my own life. I have a grandson who has gotten away from the Lord somewhat, and uh, we all have been praying for him and concerned, and his life is in chaos. He's in college, he has a full-time job, he's got a girlfriend, he's got all these things, and his life is in chaos. And he called his mother a month ago and said, would you be willing to read through the chronological Bible with me this year? my heart leapt for joy and then I was with him uh, he lives in Colorado Springs and I'd gone up there to see him and be with him and he said to me I've got a new roommate a new roommate and my roommate does not know the Lord how do I tell him about Jesus I'm thinking Lord hallelujah <laughs> this is wonderful that's the kind of thing that is happening we have those moments we need to get God's perspective I got a a post during this two months time that I thought boy this is this applies to where we are and this is what this post said from this lady I would have pulled Joseph out out of the pit out of that prison out of that pain and I would have cheated nations out of the one that God would use to deliver them from famine God had a plan 
Let's show the Genesis passage. Let's see if I can read that one. No, I can't read that one either. <laughs> you intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. Joseph had been set aside to save the world at that time. Going on, she says, I would have pulled David out, out of Saul's spear-throwing presence, out of the caves he hid away in, out of the pain of rejection, and I would have cheated Israel out of a God-hearted king. I would have pulled Esther out, out of being snatched from her only family, out of being placed in a position she never asked for, out of the path of a vicious, power-hungry foe, and I would have cheated a people out of the woman God would use to save their very lives. It's amazing. God has a plan. And then she says this, and I would have pulled Jesus off, off the cross, off the road that led to suffering and pain, off the path that would mean nakedness, beatings, uh, nails, thorns, and I would have cheated the entire world out of a savior, out of salvation, out of the eternity filled with no more suffering and no more pain. God had a plan. That plan, that plan involved Jesus. And then she concludes with this, and oh my friend, I would pull you out. I want to change your path. I want to stop your pain. But right now, I know I would be wrong. I would be out of line. I would be cheating you and cheating the world out of so much good because God knows. As we think about this, I want to look at, at uh, Exodus where a nation was in chaos. And I want to look at um, uh, the Jews as they're leaving uh, Egypt. I'm sorry that I got to come down here, but I can't read it back there. <laughs> when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lend them, lead them on the road through Palestine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. In other words, their plan was to go the shortest way. God took them around the long way. Why? He needed to teach them. He needed to help them understand. He led them by a pillar. He led them uh, by a cloud. And God had a plan. I believe God has a plan for each of us. My plan, you know, there are times when I think, you know, I got a good plan here. And God says, uh, not so good. I got a better plan for you. And God takes me on a different path. Some is for my good, and sometimes it's for his glory. There's both reasons there, to prepare us and to teach us. God's normal course of action often feels like crisis and chaos, which cause fear and pain and panic and frustration and complaining and blame in us. He is always with us. 
I appreciate the songs we sang this morning. They were perfect for what I was going to talk about today. Uh, isn't it amazing how the Lord works all those things out? It is incredible. A song that I have heard recently and is talking about the children of Israel as they're in the desert, as they're in the midst of chaos, I will not sing it. You would leave if I sang it. But it's called Honey in the Rock. When I heard this song, I thought, no, there's no way. Honey in the Rock? So I looked it up. It's in Deuteronomy 32, 13, so you can look that up later. This is how the song goes. There is honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry, now that I know, everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. And then he says, there's honey in the rock, purpose in, your, purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hands, started flowing when you said it is done. Everything you did is enough. Great song for communicating. God took care of them. While they were in the desert, in chaos, God took care of them, and he will take care of us. There's two ways for us to look at chaos in our lives. We have two choices. One is bitterness and to blame somebody else or to blame God. Let's have the next slide. As, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Then said Moses, this is what there, uh, this is because there were, was this because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people. They griped and they complained, and the answer is incredible, similar to Habakkuk. He says, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Isn't that true in our lives? There are times when we look back on what's going on in our life, and it amazes us. Corey Timboom. Go ahead. Corey Timboom put it this way. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Wow. There's power in that. That is a great message. God's faithfulness needs to define us. Often, that doesn't come across very well to those around us. Often, it's defined by others in our life the worldwide issues that are going on today, we have got to know God is involved in them. God is using them. God is directing them. Sometimes there's chaos in our own life and we're not exactly sure what to do with it. God's in control. He has a plan. Listen to this. There is no chaos in God's plan. Looks like chaos to us, 
but in God's plan, there is no chaos. Another song. I, I, I don't know why I chose so many songs because I'm not going to sing them. But here's the words of another song. <clears throat> we all search for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better way. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you feel it, somebody testify. The bottom line is the Lord has it in our lives. He is there to help us and he has all of it. What's our response? We need to call on him. Sometimes we don't understand what's going on. Remember when uh, Jesus was told the disciples he was going to the cross? He said that was his mission, that was his mission, and he had a method. Peter didn't like either. He didn't like the message, he didn't like the method. He wanted to do something about it. And God, and Jesus said, God is in both the method and the message. We've got to understand that. Where God leads, he provides. God protected them with a pillar of fire. We see in the Bible sometimes, even in our world, but we see and believe that it happens in our lives. We can trust him. Let me tell you a quick story of chaos in my own life. It's been a number of years ago. I was 20 years old. You know it's been a number of years ago. And I was newly married. I'd been married six months. And my folks were involved in a car wreck. And my mother was killed in that car wreck. And my father was in the hospital in a coma. As I think about that, and as I went through it at the time, I struggled a little bit, a lot, <clears throat> with what is going on in my life. What is the chaos in my life? I was in college. I had a business to run because my dad couldn't run it. It was his, but he was in the hospital. And the, and the, the God of the universe came to me in that moment not in an audible voice, but he said, I've got this. And I had about six people came to me and said, the Lord has this. I thought, Lord, how can you have this? This is a mess. But one by one, the Lord helped me through that in amazing ways, like it's been <clears throat> Excuse me. I could spend the rest of today talking about that. I won't. His timing is not always my timing. God, this isn't a part of my plan. I had a plan. I, I ended up changing my degree. I was going to study to be a doctor, pre-med, and I ended up having to change so I could get out of college because I just could not 
keep up with all the things. Well, God had a plan. I studied business. I thought I was going into business. The Lord took me into the business of the church. It is incredible how God does that in our lives. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. That's hard. And it will be, uh, it will make your paths straight. Uh, hopefully I read that correctly. That's a long way to read it. Um, Here's the, here's the problem that we struggle, and this is hard. I understand this is hard. God is not in our comfort. He is in our good. He wants us to be good. He's not looking necessarily for comfort. We can see that over and over in the Bible. Think of all the characters that I mentioned. You could talk about Daniel. You could talk about uh, Abraham. All the others in the Bible, there are so many. Sometimes we need to embrace the chaos and as a blessing rather than a burden. It's easy to focus on the negative, but we need to focus on the positive. Wow, is that hard. That is hard for every one of us. We struggle with that. We have to ask the Lord to help us do that. By embracing chaos, God will use it to produce endurance. Chaos will last a long time sometimes. Let me give you the examples in the Bible. How long before Joseph became who he was going to be? He spent 13 years in prison. I think he might ask the Habakkuk question. How long and why? But Joseph was there and God used him mightily. Think about... Um, Moses, he was in the desert for 40 years. That's a long time. 40 years he was in the desert. And then think about Jesus. Jesus didn't start his public ministry for 30 years. Jesus was Jesus when he was 12. He was Jesus when he was a teenager. But the Lord didn't call him to that ministry until he was 30. It is amazing. It is the way that God works. He has a plan. We all want a microwave God. God, I want to stick it in the microwave for 30 minutes, 30 minutes, three minutes, and it'll be burned if it's 30. Three minutes, and then I'm ready to go. God isn't that way. That isn't how God works. God has a plan. Here is um, a thought I want to help us all with. God delights in you. His love, his plan, his path for your life and his goodness toward each of us is higher than you and I could even imagine. That's what those scriptures said. It is the Lord has perfect goodness. The strongest display of love and emotion we have as humans pales in comparison to the love God has for you. 
and for me. It is incredible. And we don't tend to focus on that. God's love is a fierce love that he has for each of us. Sometimes there's disappointment and pain. This is a universal truth. And the reason why is because of sin. We have sin in our world, and we have to deal with that. And the Lord uses all that's in life to help us, and he loves us. We should not doubt the radical, personal, passionate love that God, the love of God in our lives, your life and mine. Don't miss the unexpected treasure that God has along the way for you, for me. Because if I look to him, if I look at him, I will realize the Lord will delight in me this week. <clears throat> Find ways. Look for ways. Ask the Lord to give you ways that the Lord will delight in you. Okay, let's, we're going to skip that next line. What are the reasons for chaos in our life? I think the one along the journey of life, God has this in mind. He wants to achieve his mission for the world and for our lives. He is going to do whatever it takes to achieve the mission he has for us. I find that true in my own life. And I find that true uh, as I, uh, throughout my life. To develop our character. The Lord wants to develop our character. He's more interested in our character than he is our comfort. That's hard. I'd rather he be more interested in my comfort <laughs> than my character. But he's more interested in our character than our comfort. <clears throat> he wants to remind us that he is sovereign. I need to respond to chaos in my life with trust rather than bitterness. So many times we, we respond in bitterness. The world isn't falling apart, it's falling into place. God's plan and destination will not be thwarted. Chaos comes into the world to magnify God in the world. Our focus shouldn't be on our desire and plan, but on him. Man is this hard. I believe some of the things that are going on in the world I shared with you already, Muslims are coming to know the Lord. That is incredible because there's more Muslims than there are Christians, but they are coming to know the Lord. In Africa, they're coming to know the Lord by the tens of thousands. It is amazing what the Lord is doing in his world. And he wants to magnify God. And then God has a plan to redeem the world. What should be our response? Go on to the next slide. Romans 5 says this. This is the trust that we have and why we respond. It says, 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given it to us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is amazing that Christ died for me and I'm a sinner. And he died for each of us while we were sinners. All right, let's look at, here's how we should respond. Respond to the chaos in faith and don't give in to fear. Ask God to give you his perspective on the chaos. Sometimes I just need to understand the journey. What I have found is if I ask God to give me his perspective, he will. He does that. Respond to the chaos with trust rather than bitterness. Trust God to turn evil into good. That's another one that's hard. We look at the evil and we think that's all there is. But God is turning it into good. And then uh, seek the Lord, uh, the, uh, seek the Lord's will for my life through prayer. I have found that in the midst of my chaos, if I pray about the chaos, during that time when I shared with you about my wife, I was totally, or I mean about my mother, I also lost my wife she was young. The Lord has taken me on a very unusual journey. But when I, I, I began to pray about the chaos and what was causing, that's when God showed up in my heart. Now, he was there all along. I just didn't realize he was there. And then um, in the midst of the chaos, uh, affirm your faith in God. Surrender your life to the Lord by studying his word. We have got to study the word. In 1 Peter 1.3, let's see if I can see it. Nope. <laughs> In 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection. Jesus Christ from the dead. So often in the midst of chaos, we have cynicism. Cynicism is numbness. You have, I have a living hope based on the living resurrected Savior. Your hope is a certain and living Savior that sits at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. That is who we trust in. That's who we need to trust in during these times. We worship God because he knows what he is doing when he entrusts the vision of reaching the lost people. He loves to people like us. The goal of the Lord is to bring people to himself. And he's entrusted us with that. I wouldn't have trusted me, but he has entrusted us to that. May we never recover from the fact that God's amazing strategy is to use us to accomplish his dream.
I don't know about you, but the more I'm in touch with my frail humanity, the more amazed I am because it is incredible what he does. Let's trust him. God wants us to trust him. Let me lead us in prayer. Lord, I pray for those who are weary from the battle. Lord, that may be most of us who feel defeated and overwhelmed. I pray that you will lift them and me to your power and by your power and give us the strength to continue on knowing that you will fight the battles that come against us. I pray that we will feel your peace as you help to us to stand in faith and trust that you are all that we need. Lord, help us to realize that. Help us to accept that. Help us to call on you to lead us. Lord, we thank you that you love us and there's power in your word. There's power in our lives through you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you don't know this peace. You're dealing with chaos and it's crazy. Today's the day. The Lord says, admit you're a sinner. Believe in him. Believe in his resurrection. And believe that he loves you. And believe that he has a plan for you. A plan that directs your life. Make today the day that you accept him. He loves you. He wants you to come to him. He wants to guide you through life. He has a plan for you. Come if you don't know him.